Thank you, Dave. I'll pay you later again. <laughs> well, for those of you that may not be aware, this will be the final healing service here at uh, Victory on Thursday morning. Uh, we have decided to discontinue these services um, for a lot of different reasons, but uh, this has been this has been discussed uh, over really a prolonged period of time on what do we do, but the, but. The decisions that are made is just not an arbitrary one. It's one based upon how can we most effectively uh, impact people in this area of ministry. And so uh, if you've been associated with this church for any length of time, you know that change is is accepted here. Okay? We change. And, um, and But those decisions to change are based upon making things better. At least that's our desire. Um, so we are going to be discontinuing this service. Certainly we are going to be implementing some other things uh, in regard to healing uh, that will closer coincide with the opening of our new building. Uh, so you, know, you can sort of keep ear open for when we uh, make most changes. In, in the interim, we do have other avenues where, where a person can get ministered to. Uh, certainly our prayer partners at the end of each and every one of our services are there. They're trained and they're fully capable and ready to minister to your needs in the area of healing. We have healing classes that take place in our connection groups that you can take advantage of. We have a healing team specifically designated here at the church to minister to your needs when you when you have bodily pain or, or injury or or uh, or uh, a disease that's attacking your body. Uh, they and these people can literally, if you want them to, come to your home and minister to you. And not just one time, but multiple times over, over a period of time to build up your faith and, and to help you out. So we have a lot of different avenues that we can minister to you in this need, in this area. So again, you sort of keep your ears open and, uh, as we grow closer to the opening of the new church, you know, we'll, we will be doing some additional things, which I, I'm sure that, uh, you'll be interested in. Uh, if you got your Bibles, turn over to Proverbs chapter 18. This is our foundational scripture. I've been teaching Many, many weeks now. In fact, I think this is uh, part 16 of this teaching. And unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to finish this series of teachings. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, maybe one of these days we could uh, get together and, uh, and go over the last four because there's a total of 12 habits that I've been teaching about. And today we're going to really start talking about number eight. But uh, our foundational scripture is Proverbs 18, verse 14. It says this, the strong spirit. Everyone say strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up or bear. Now, a strong spirit is very important. And we've been talking about how can we build our faith? How can we strengthen our spirit man? How can we establish the things of God in our heart, the real you, to make it a part of you? to make it a integral part of your belief system because, see, you can only behave, you can only act in accordance with what you believe. You are governed by your beliefs, whether those beliefs are good or whether they're bad or whether they're ugly. Good, the bad, and the ugly? Okay. Now, all these habits that we've been talking about are designed in three primary areas. One is to get you thinking along the lines of what the Word says. It's designed 
to help you to speak along the lines that the Word tells us to speak. And it's designed to help us to behave or act accordingly, according to the Word of God. And when those three things are in place, thinking, speaking, acting, when those three things are in place in your life, whether you see the results or not, you're operating in faith. Because you can literally, as an individual, have doubts bombarding your mind because that's what the enemy's good at. He bombards you with doubts. He bombards you with, here's your current circumstances. Looky. Look, look here what's going on. And he's, what he's attempting to do is to steal the word from you, what the word says. But when you're in those, when you're in that mode where you're thinking, speaking, and doing the things of God, you are in faith. You're operating in faith. And Galatians tells us that if you will reap, you will get what you're seeking with God when you operate in faith if you don't faint, if you don't give up. See, time is not a factor in God's realm. We're the ones concerned with time. In our Western culture, we expect things quite quickly whether it's a drive through restaurant or whether it's a TV show because we want it to end. Okay, Anyone ever get aggravated at prolonged series of TVs where you know it's sort of like a soap opera? <laughs> I, want it, I, see, I, I want the results to be at the end of the 30 minutes or the 60 minutes. I, I don't want to see 14 different series. That's what reruns are for. Our second foundational scripture is, comes from Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 26. It says this, You must be holy because I, the Lord, am holy. I have set you apart from all other people to be my very own. Say, I, God has set me apart. God has literally set you apart. You as an individual. He has set you apart for His own. And if you made Jesus the Lord of your life, You belong to Him now. The Word tells us that you were bought with a price and you are not your own. The Word tells us that our life is hidden in Christ. It goes on to say that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives and dwells in us. And we're to glorify Him in our body. How do we glorify Him? Because we take His Word... And we make His ways our ways. And we're, we're transformed what the Bible calls from glory to glory into His image. And when we do that, we're becoming holy as He is holy. That process helps us to build a strong spirit that the Word says will sustain us in bodily pain. This is healing service, right? Or in trouble. Problems, trials, issues. It doesn't have to. A strong spirit will sustain you no matter what comes your way. Now, uh, the previous uh, the previous uh, seven habits, I'll go through them real quickly. Diligently spending time with the Father daily. Two, consistently giving thanks and praise even when the circumstances around you are, are poor. They feed their spirit by reading and listening to God's Word every day. They strengthen and encourage themselves daily by meditating on God's Word. Five is the words they speak are governed by their faith in God's Word. Six, they demonstrate their faith by acting upon God's Word. Seven, they control their thought lives through God's Word. And those, and, and really the messages on those seven 
uh, habits that we've already talked about are online. You can get them. So I encourage you to go online if you haven't heard any of them yet and, and, uh, and build your faith. Today I'm going to address, actually this is going to be an abbreviated message today. We're going to talk about that they edify themselves by praying much in other tongues. They edify themselves by praying much in other tongues. What I want to do, since this is our final service today, I want to, I want to touch on this eighth habit. And uh, appropriately, it's dealing with the Holy Spirit. I'm going, to, I'm going to talk to you and teach you a little bit about the Holy Spirit today and what, what, he's, what his job is. And then at the end of that, I want to give you the opportunity, if you so choose, I've uh, brought some anointing oil. I just felt it appropriate that today, if you want to be prayed for, I'll be glad to pray for you, uh, anointing you with oil. The Bible tells us, the Word tells us that, are there any sick among you? Let them call upon the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil in the name of Jesus. Okay? And so what's, that's what I'm going to do today. And uh, if, you want to, if you choose to take advantage of that, great. If not, that's fine as well. Okay? So, let's get into it. Go over with me to Jude chapter 1, verse 20. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. <clears throat> says this, But you, beloved, building yourselves up, that's what we're talking about, right? Building ourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now, here it is, but you, beloved, building yourselves up. And again, what's what we've been talking about? Building a strong spirit in our life. So, Jude is saying, okay, beloved, we want to build yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Or you could say praying in the Holy Ghost. Or you can say praying in your prayer language. Or you can say praying in other tongues. It all means the same thing. So that's what he's, it's what he's referring to. Is build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now the connotation, if you, if you research and you, and you study this particular area of scriptures, is likened to charging a bed. Anybody have cell phones in here? Everybody have cell phones? What do you do every day when you go home and you set your cell phone down before you go to sleep? You probably plug it in, don't you? To, to charge your batteries. Well, that's what we're doing when we're praying in the Holy Ghost. You're charging your batteries. You're building yourself up when you're most holy faith. Now, now Apostle Paul knew the benefits of praying in other tongues. Over in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18, he says this, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, I personally believe Paul was from West Virginia because he probably said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than y'all. <laughs> now, Paul was talking to the Corinthians at that time. He was talking to them more in line with uh, they were really not using their prayer language appropriately. They were in public services. They were speaking in tongues, teaching in tongues, talking to each other in tongues. Well, the Bible, the Word tells us that you, you don't understand that language. Even in our own prayer language, we don't understand uh, unless, you know, we can ask. Bible tells us we can ask and, and He can reveal to you what, what you're talking to in, in, in uh, uh, praying in tongues. But Paul knew the benefits. He says, I'm glad I pray in tongues more than you all. But in this public setting, you know, you need to speak with your normal language. So the people that don't know God can understand what you're saying. 
So he was basically saying that everything needs to be in divine order. There's got to be things done dictionally in what he calls in order. Okay, so he was, but again, he, he knew the benefits. He knew the value of speaking in tongues, and that's why he told him that. Mark 16, this is, a, you know, this is Jesus speaking in verse 17. He says, and these signs shall follow them who believe. We believers in here? Okay, remember what we said believe was? I've been teaching what believe means on these, in the series. We said believe means to live in accordance with. It's an action term. So, these signs shall follow them who believe, who live in accordance with what the Word of God says. In my name they shall cast out demons. And the second part says they shall speak with new tongues. Hmm. Goes on to say, you shall take up serpents. If they drink a daily thing, they shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So Jesus himself says that when you're a believer, you're going to speak in new tongues. So I'd like to get into some of the basic works of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This certainly isn't meant to be all-inclusive, but I'm going to touch on a few of these bases that we can expect the Holy Spirit to operate in our lives. First area is um, actually the first two areas. He's our teacher and he's our comforter. Uh, John 14, John chapter 14, verse 26, says this, But the comforter, I'm going to read from the Amplified Version, uh, David. But the comforter, Counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. He's all those things. Which is the Holy Ghost. Whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said to you. So get this. The Holy Spirit, he's your comforter. He's your guide. He's your strengthener. He's your helper. He's your intercessor. He's all these things. And he says, "He, I'm going to send him to you in my name, the name of Jesus, the Word of God, the truth. And he shall teach you how many things? A few things. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. So one of his, his primarily basic jobs is to be your teacher. You can depend upon him to enlighten you. He's the guy that's going to bring revelation into your mind. He's going to reveal God to you. The word says he's not going to speak on his own. But those things which he hears, that's what he's going to speak to you about. And those things are already centered around the word of God, around Jesus. So he's going to be your teacher. Alright? Now, go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And we're going to start with verse 20. Look at this statement. I find this statement just outstanding. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. One version says you have an unction from the Holy One. But you have an anointing, an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Wow. I know all things. 
Now, before we get our head up, all puffed up to where it's ready to explode, you got to understand the one that knows all things on the inside of you. He knows all things. And because he knows all things, you know all things. And he's going to be able to reveal that to you in your time of need. Or when you get to a place in your life where you need and require to have certain information. It's still up to us to seek him. It's still up to us to take that word, to labor to into his rest, to study to show yourself approved, to take that word and get it through this portal called the mind, your soul. What's the word says? Receive with all meekness, receive the, the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Okay. Now, so, it says you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Jump down to verse 26. Verse 26 says, These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing, or this unction, which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but just as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Let me read it from the Amplified. Amplified says it this way. I write this to you with reference to those who would deceive you, seduce and lead you astray. But as for you, the anointing, the sacred appointment, the unction, which you have received from him abides permanently in you. So, then you have no need that anyone should instruct you. But just as his anointing teaches you concerning everything and is true and is no falsehood, so you must abide, live in, never depart from, him, being rooted in him, knit to him, just as his anointing has taught you to do. So, what we have here is this anointing that resides and lives with us, and you can depend 159% of the time on what he teaches you, because he is the truth. There is no lie in him. There's no falsehood that can come out of him. So, when he reveals something to you, you can take it to the bank. Okay? Now, and he's telling you that he abides in you. Okay, What did Jesus say? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it will be done for you. Okay, So, he abides in us. We abide in him. And, and we should never depart from that. We should never get away from that. He needs to be an integral part of our life. See, you know, one one of the interesting, I, and I find it in my own life uh, as well. You know, I, I'm teaching about speaking in tongues, and I try to use tongues as much as I can. I'm like, uh, hopefully, like Paul, you know, to speak tongues because I I know the benefits as well. But you can get into a trap, especially if you get a busy life. You can sort of get away from speaking in your prayer language, which only hurts us by doing that. I think one reason why a Christian doesn't do that is that is because they don't they don't understand what they're saying. But the importance of what they're praying is phenomenally, overwhelmingly rich. Because the Word tells us that we're not speaking to man when we speak in the Holy Ghost or in other, in other tongues, but we're speaking unto God. And in the Spirit, we are speaking mysteries. One version says we are speaking divine secrets. See, what you've got to understand is it's, it's a perfect prayer. I know a lot of times 
when I'm praying about things, I, I don't know exactly how to articulate in my English language how to get what I'm feeling or what I'm desiring across to God. And I can depend upon the Holy Spirit. I can just let Him flow through me. And He's going to take together with me because He's part of my spirit man. He's the one that made me born again. He's the one that baptized me in Christ. I'm one with Him. And so what He does, He takes together with my spirit. And as I allow those words to flood out of my spirit man, I am literally praying praying a perfect prayer to my Father. It's the Holy Spirit who is God praying to my Father who is God. And see, I'm Jesus because I'm part of the body of Christ. So it's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit praying the perfect prayer. We can rely on it. The anointing of the Holy Spirit abides in you and it teaches you only truth and teaches you how to abide in Christ. The third thing the Holy Spirit does is to show you things to come or actually shows you the future. Look at John chapter 16. John 16. Now we'll start with verse 12. Oh, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not be presenting His own ideas. He will be telling you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by revealing to you whatever He receives from me. All that the Father has is mine. This is what I mean when I say that the Spirit will reveal to you whatever he receives from me. So here, whatever Jesus has spoken, the, the spoken word of God, that's what the Holy Spirit's going to reveal to us. And he says he's going, he'll be able not only to do that, but to reveal to you your future. There's going to be times in your life when you're going to need to know what's coming up, coming on your life. There's been times in my life that I've had that unction come and I can perceive things to come of what's coming into my life. And uh, if you're a Christian, you should, you should desire that. You should want, because sometimes the things come in your life, keep in mind, we live in a fallen world, and sometimes there might be some rough stuff coming your way. There might be some storms coming. It's awful nice to know when it's coming so you can prepare, huh? Isn't it nice, uh, in, especially on the, in the border states, along the oceans, uh, during this time of hurricanes, that they now have a technology to forewarn people. And so they can let them know literally days ahead of time so they can get prepared. Well, the same thing in our spiritual lives. Things are going to happen to us that, that you can perceive. Something's coming. Okay. Sometimes you'll know more specifics than others, but you can perceive things that are coming and they might not be good. You need to get ready. You need to prepare. It may be the death of a loved one coming. It may be a sickness or disease coming in your body. Maybe a multitude of different things, but he can prepare you for that. John 16, verse 13 says it this way, 
Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatever, whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Acts 27, verse 10. This was uh, the Apostle Paul whenever they had the shipwreck. And he, and he said, Man, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. This was before they sailed. And the Holy Spirit was revealing to him, Hey, listen, this was going to be a problem if you try to sail now. And he tried to impart that. But he was a prisoner. And they took the word of the owner over him. Okay, and they sailed anyway. Now, years ago, I'll give you an example of this. Several years ago, I was, uh, I was probably uh, uh, late 30s, early 40s. And um, I was in a deep sleep at home. And uh, it was an audible voice in my dreams, okay? And it said something like this. It says, John, you're going to wake up. And it was sort of like a countdown, like you would, like you would be on TV and uh, like when they were shooting a rocket off, you know? You know, 10, 9, 8, 7. And it says, John, you're going to wake up. And then it was 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and my alarm clock went off. And I woke out of this deep sleep. And I woke up, wow. I said, boy, is that, is that screwy weird or what? And then up from the inside, it was said, John, if I can, I can, if I can tell you when I'm going to bring you out of a sleep, don't you think I can tell you of things that come in your life? He'll speak to you. If you expect it. If you develop your faith for it. You can be sensitive to those things that's coming in your life. Oh, if we could only allow him to do that on an ongoing basis. Sure, it sure keep a lot of trouble coming our way, or at least we'd be prepared for it. He told us trouble was coming. I guess that's another thing the Christian needs to understand and, and just put in the granite that he said trouble would come. Many are the tribulations of the saints. We live in this fallen world and they're going to come. But we can be totally prepared. Not only can we can be prepared, but we can also walk in a peace which passes understanding. We don't have to be afraid of it. We don't have to fear. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be anxious. I've said it before and I'll say it another zillion times. It's not the things that come against you in this world that's going to hurt you. It's going to be our response to those things that come against us that's going to hurt us. When we respond according to the Word, guess what? We're going to get the results of what the Word gives us. If we respond and be conformed to what the world does, guess what? You're going to get the results there. I choose God's way. Deuteronomy, you know, God told us, I put before you this day life, death, blessing, cursing. He says, choose life. You have that same choice. We can take what the Word says and we can choose life. Okay? The fourth thing that He provides to us is guidance. Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 14. Says this, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. 
For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And we've talked about this before in here. But if you don't recall, you know, we're sons of God. That, that word Abba is a very intimate word. It's daddy. It's dad. That's how close our relation. You're a Christian. Father God is your father. I don't know how to express it. Either emotionally or, you know, I don't know how to inflect my voice or not. He is our father. He is our daddy. If you have children, if you're a parent, your children probably have called you mom or dad or daddy or mommy. And it's an intimacy. It's a, it's a closeness. It's a love that unless you have a children, only, you only know that when you're a parent. Okay. The children cannot love you as you love them. But if you're a parent, you understand that deep abiding love that you have for that child. That's the same multiplied exponentially of a God the Father for us. And if there's just some way we can grab a hold of that, if we can just somehow get, get our arms around that fact that He's our Father. And here He's saying, He said He's going to guide us and all truth. He's going to, we're going to be led by the Spirit of God because we're a son of God. We're a son or daughter of God. And remember, we, we talked about there's two, two different words for, for son in the Bible. One is technon, which means just a natural born son or daughter. You know, he was born physically from that parental couple. And the other one was weos, which is you, you, you are your characteristics are like your parents or your father. You, develop, you have his character. And so that's our responsibility as Christians is to develop his character in our life and become more like him. Now, number five is he, he empowers you to be a witness. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts 1, verse 8. But you will, will receive power after that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So it says here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, which is probably the verse which probably gives you maybe the clearest definition of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. That you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Now, what, he's talking about this power. Let's talk about being a witness. Jesus said what? Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also. And greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. Okay, he went to the Father. He sends the Holy Spirit back to us. Okay? Now, so, the Holy Spirit is the power that resides in us. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Lives in you. That same power lives in me. The Holy Spirit of God who came within you, baptized you into, into, into Christ Himself, which made you born again, which made you alive unto God, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. 
and you shall be a witness. Anybody been a good Baptist here in the past? Anybody have a Baptist background? I got a little bit of Baptist in me. My wife and I went to a Baptist church for a while. Great people. Not going to slam them one iota. They're great people. Man, they're a witness. They tell people about Jesus all over the place. They get people born again. Billy Graham's a good example of that. Now, this is here, it's talking about being a witness. Well, it's one thing to tell people about Jesus. That's, that's good. But it's another to do the works that Jesus did. You want to be a witness? You go around doing what Jesus did. Jesus told you to be, if you're a believer, you're going to do these things. What are you going to do? Well, you're going to cast out demons. You're going to speak with new tongues. You're going to take, if you take up service, you can take up service. If you drink any deadly things, it's not going to hurt you. You can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You're going to, being a witness is doing the things that Jesus did. We're His body. If we don't do it as His body, it's not going to get done. Jesus is not going to say abracadabra and things are going to change. He works through His body. That's the gift of the Spirit of an operation. We're this body that you're looking at right now. We're the ones that are going to do it. But He empowers us to be that witness. And when you start shining the light of Jesus, by doing the things he did, by the speaking the way he spoke, by thinking the way he thought, by doing the things he did, your light's going to shine forth and that witness is going to impact those without God. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And we've got to be a witness to that. Matthew 26, starting with verse 69. This is what you call being a witness. This is an example of Peter. This is a story about him denying Christ. Starting with verse 69. Now Peter was sitting in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And then he goes on, he he denies him two other times. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and, and wept bitterly. This, bitterly. this was a man that was broken. This was a man that allowed the fear of what may happen to him to cause him to deny the Lord God Almighty. Well, what happened after the Holy Ghost came upon he was in the upper room with the 120. He was in the upper room the day of Pentecost. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. He comes out and look, and look, look at Acts chapter 2, the next chapter over, verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what he said. And he goes on to preach the good news of the, of the gospel about Christ. And what what was the result? 3,000 people were born again. And that's that's when he was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave him utterance. Number six, to bring strength to the believer. To bring strength to the believer. Go back to my foundational scripture, uh, Proverbs 18, verse 20. He said, The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain. And in trouble. 
But a broken spirit, who can who can bear? Who can who can who can uh, who can exist with a broken spirit? Ephesians three sixteen, uh, it's one of the one of the uh, Ephesian prayers that we encourage people to, to pray all the time. That He would grant to you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with all might in the inner man, strengthened with all might. Colossians one eleven says, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long suffering and joy. So that's another job of the, of the Holy Spirit as we build ourselves up in our most holy faith. Remember, His grace, His empowerment comes into our life. His ability, His power, His provision comes into our life when we exercise our faith. Okay? That's how you were saved. For by grace, His ability, His power, His provision, you are, sa- you are saved, healed, made whole. Preserved, protected, redeemed from destruction. All these things, we are by grace, you are saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man. So even the faith that we have is a gift of God. To every man has been given a measure of faith. And what we do as a body of believers, we take that measure of faith that we've been given at our birth as a new creation in Christ. We take that faith and we take the Word of God into us. We, 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 take, we get His knowledge. We take understanding. We apply it. We use it. And we grow that faith. We strengthen it. We build ourselves up. We start growing the fruits of the Spirit of our life. And we're able to use that because the, the more fruit you bear, the more people is going to see it. The more people that see it is going to be drawn to, to Christ. <clears throat> Number seven. He's our intercessor and helper. Our intercessor and helper. John chapter 16. Says, and verse seven says, However, I am telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, it's good, it's expedient, it's advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter the counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, and standby will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 26, says this. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps, everyone say helps, our infirmities or weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession, everyone say intercession, for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, the, the word helps. You know, sometimes it helps to to break down words uh, when you're studying them out, when you're when you're trying to uh, put the word of God on the inside of you. The word helps here comes from a word uh, called sunanti lambano. Sunanti lambano. Um, the the first part soon means a partnership or a cooperation, or in conjunction with someone else. Okay. Or in 1 Corinthians 6, 1, it, it talks about being co-laborers, or co-workers with Christ. It means co co-soon. In other words, it's a cooperative, uh, uh, intertwined helping of each other. Okay. So soon. And then anti, uh, most people are aware of what that means, uh, against, like anti-Christ, some dangerous, or, or against someone, anti-social, 
Lombano is to take or seize or make your own. To take hold of, to seize or make your own. So, soon anti-Lombano, if you put those three together, forms the word, means the word helps. Soon is the position of the Holy Ghost. In other words, my partner is working with me. Okay? Not for me. He's not working for me. He's working with me. We're to get, we're partners together. Alright? Anti is the attitude of the Holy Spirit. He gets enraged at our problems. Any of you ever get angry at the stuff that comes against you? Well, guess what? He does too. And so that's why he's our partner, our intercessor, where he comes together with us to fight along with us. Not for us, with us in our, in our walk with God. Lombano is the desire of the Holy Spirit. To, and that means to seize and remove the problem. To seize and remove the problem. So my partner, the Holy Spirit, my intercessor, is there. He's against the things I'm against and he's for the things I'm for. And he sees together with me the things that are coming against me. And to remove them and to resolve them in my life. Okay? Sunanti Lombano. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. He makes intercession for us. Uh, one version of uh, intercession is to fall together into the ditch with. In other words, if we're in a ditch and a problem and some real key issues in our life, he'll get in the ditch with us and he'll do battle there with you, wherever you're at. Let's just go ahead and stop there. Father, we just worship you, Father. We just, we just lift you up. We magnify your name. Father, you said, to him who believes, all things are possible to him who believes. Father, we believe. We choose to speak your word, to think upon your word. We choose to do your word. And Father, regardless of what we say,